welcome to The World According to Jackie Simmons. And today, we are deep diving into the world according to Steve Erickson. We are international today. Steve, thank you very much for sharing your afternoon with us, as it's early morning here for me. <laughs> What's news? All right, I know you because every time I go into one of our virtual meetings of the mastermind we're in, you're always volunteering to help. It doesn't Absolutely. matter what someone's issue is, if they've got something that you can help them with, you're always volunteering to help. That caught my attention in a day and age where people seem to find it easier to struggle than to help. So there we go. What made you you? What made it where you are just the helpful guy on the block? Oh, well, thank you so much, first of all, for having me, Jackie, and uh, being able to, uh, to come and speak to your community and uh, what you're doing for your community, I think is absolutely wonderful. So thank you for that, first of all. So where do I come from? Well, I am the midlife solopreneur, and what I am all about is helping other midlife solopreneurs to become successful. And I got a very powerful, for me, a very powerful reason behind this. When I was six years old, my dad, he brought, bought a small local store in a small, small community, and he had a gas pump outside his store. So what would happen is everybody in the local community, and we're talking a small community, and we're talking about like three, 400 people, uh, they would come and fill gas, and then they would go into the store and buy some, some food and things like that, and they would pop in and buy the evening meal, etc. And then one day, the gas company decided to close all of the gas pumps that had just like a single gas pump outside of the store because they wanted to concentrate on gas stations. And the nearest gas station was around 15, 20 minute drive away with a big supermarket right next to it. So you can imagine what happened. Everybody had to drive like at least once a week to go and fill gas and they would do a big supermarket shopping and bring it home. And after a little while, that was the end of the, uh, the road for my dad. He went bankrupt. And at the time, here on Norwegian and here in Norway, he had to stay bankrupt for 10 years. He moved back to his parents with a wife and three kids. And you can imagine what that must have felt uh, like for him. And he struggled with getting work for quite a while afterwards, etc. And later on, he did have a, a, a good job. He was able to support his family and he wanted to try to start a new business but he failed in that as well. And the reason he failed was basically lack of information and lack of support. It was before the internet really. And he, he wasn't just not available to him. And, and quite frankly, he didn't know what he didn't know and therefore didn't know what to go out and look for. And the opportunity to look was limited. Now, when I grew up, I was very interested in tech and in business. Um, I started with computers in 97. I went online in 1983. I went on the internet in 1993. So I studied electronics in, in the UK. And then, because I was really interested in business, I decided to do an MBA because, hey, what better education on the planet than getting an MBA to really understand how to be successful in business, right? Yeah. Mm. Okay. So... You don't want me to answer that question. <laughs> yeah, no, I can answer that for you just as well, I think. <laughs> but, you know, when you're, when you're in your early 20s and you go, wow, this is the way to do it kind of thing. So, and what happened was that I um, I'd worked in the corporate world a little bit. And then I started a business in 1996. 
I ended up with seven staff and I was running it, now getting subscribers to the, uh, it was, um, we were selling internet services. I ran it until 1998. I won awards as the best company in my category in the UK, five times over that period because I provided a tremendous service to everybody. But I failed to succeed. Now, I didn't fail in the business. I didn't go bankrupt. Okay, that's very important. But I failed to succeed. And what happened was I sold the business for five figures. And other people who were selling their business who were similar, they sold for six and seven figures with ease. And I had trouble getting five figures. And I went, you know, I got an MBA. And why am I failing here? Why am I failing to succeed? Now, the company is actually still going today. And and working really, really well. But I always, well, I left and I, in 98 around, I helped them out a little bit later. But then in 2000, I decided to try to figure out why did I fail to succeed? You know, what did I do wrong? What didn't I know? That was really my epiphany number one, is that I didn't know what I, uh, what I didn't know. And I set out to discover that and I discovered the world of direct response advertising. And, there was a whole level of strategy and tactics that I never learned in the MBA course. The MBA was all about how to become a good corporate employee, how to succeed in the corporate world. And my first job was actually with the Toshiba Corporation. And they went to the business school to hire because they knew they would get corporate employees at the business school. Got it. Right. So I then later on, I, uh, back in, in around 2004, I took all this knowledge I'd gained over the last four years mm -hmm. and I started a small business directory. This was sent out locally to, to local households and I wrote hundreds of ads for small businesses, for my local businesses here. And some of those ads were really, really successful using direct response copywriting techniques and, and all the kind of design. But it was really, really hard work. You know, it was my wife and me doing this alone. There was no support at all in anything we were doing. Nobody could come in and do what we did the way we did it in a successful way. We tried hiring staff and it was just so difficult to find any, any useful help. So in 2007, I, uh, we left that business and uh, I went in back to work in the corporate world or business world. I became a marketing director for a local business here in Norway. I then went on to lead a, a technical team responsible for website, landing pages, funnels, with all of my marketing experience. That was a very handy thing, but it, this is also very technical work. Mm -hmm. And I ended up being the, uh, the chief technology officer for, uh, for a big company. Well, big company, 75 strong at the moment. So big in my terms. And then I had another epiphany. And this epiphany, but well, you see, it, took a, it was a little bit slow in coming. My dad passed away in December 2019. And as you can imagine, you're reflecting on his life, on your own life, and the fact he was never successful in business. And then I started seeing other people struggling with similar things. Um, my wife was doing some coaching and she had a client who was just paying her a small amount of money because she said, I can't afford to pay any more money. I've just gone on this big event, this multi-day event that cost me $10,000 and I signed up with a program by one of the gurus and it's all about my product and what, how I can sell my product and that's costing me, I think it was around $20,000, $25,000. You know what the thing was? She didn't have a product yet. <laughs> and this wasn't something that would build the product for you, you know? It oh, was about no. the hope that I will have a product and when I go out, I can sell lots of them. So we saw how we could have helped her, but she couldn't really afford because of all this money she'd paid out. And we spoke to her several months afterwards. 
and she was still no further forward with all these expenses. So I saw how people were struggling and I'm seeing that people are struggling with technology, with all the marketing and with the strategy. How are they actually attracting clients? And I realized I had this epiphany and this was actually after I think we met the first time, Jackie, which was at the uh, JVX event with the uh, Joint Venture Inside the Circle. Mm-hmm. And I saw so many people there struggling with the same things and having questions. How do I do my tech? What is a lead magnet? How do I attract clients? And I thought, I spent 20 years studying this. I spent 20 years in this field. I can help these people because I have so much information and so much knowledge. And I'm sitting here in with a company and working with a company and just managing their funnels. And I can go out and do this for other people. And that will give me so much more. So what I do now is that I specialize in helping midlife solopreneurs. So that's people who are on their own. Okay. who do not have any staff and I'm helping them with all of their technology, with their marketing and with the sales how to construct your offer, how to attract clients, how to convert them in strategy session or discovery sessions, and then how to deliver that service afterwards. So that is me, Jackie. That's my story. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone listening knows, or actually maybe not everyone. Okay. I have been on a journey that was so similar to the one that you described for your mm-hmm. client. You know, it's, a world out there of gurus who all know what I needed to do. And very few of them have a solid how to actually deliver it. You know, um, we both know Imana Guy, his system is probably the best I've ever seen for creating Mm -hmm. a product that people can actually sell. And then you can implement some of the strategies, some of the things. But the biggest thing that held me back was the tech. I had people going, where do I find you online? And I'm like, well, you don't, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, you can find me. Yeah. I mean, the tech terrified me. I was on this journey for years before I had did my first ever webinar. Yeah. And it was like, and and I'm going to write what? And they're going to, then I'm going to put emails out to people and I'm going to, and oh my goodness, what a hot mess. So you offer a very, very much needed service. You started specializing on midlife solopreneurs, which yeah. is wonderful because that sort of describes me. And most of the people who listen to me are in that category. What's the one thing that we don't know that we don't know? Oh, I, I, when you're saying what is the one thing you don't uh-huh. know, you don't know. I'm, I'm well, going to nail you. I'm going to pull you down to one thing. Uh. The most important one. <laughs> Um, I would say that one thing you don't know is how effective it is to sell your service when you come down to the level, the emotional level of your prospect and you enter their world. Here is the challenge. Most of the advertising you see and most of the advertising you copy and you learn is about I, I, I deliver this. I do this service. I help people doing this, um, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. What is actually attractive is when you go, I really understand the problems you are having, the challenges you're having. So Jackie, you're struggling with your tech. Oh, I really understand what the trouble you are having with tech. It's such a complex world. 
you know, mm. trying to figure out what you're doing, when you're doing it, how to connect it all, making sure it's working. It's really, really challenging and it will take you a long time to actually learn what you need to do, you know? And yeah, that didn't sound very encouraging. No. <laughs> it's going to take me a long time to learn what I need to do. It's probably accurate. It just doesn't sound very encouraging. All but of a sudden, it's thing. like, rescue me. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but this is what goes through your mind at the same time. You go, oh, my God, this is so overwhelming, and I don't know how to do all of this, and they're going to take me such a long time, and when can I become successful? Because this is stopping me from being successful. Mm. Right? Yep. So when I go down to that level and I show empathy, and you believe that I understand what you are feeling, then what I can do then is I can show you the path out. So here's the thing, Jackie. You know, you can be in a situation where your tech is all handled, where it's no longer any worry at all. And the way we can do that is that I can handle this for you because I deeply understand what you need to do, and I have that technical insight. So now I'm leading you on the path where you go, wow, can this really be worry-free? Can this really be solved without me having to like get involved and having this block? And so, Jackie, what's going to happen is that when I take care of it, you know, that block is just going to disappear and you can go forward and be successful in your business. All mm -hmm. right. I'm going to break this down for the people listening because that was absolutely brilliant. And so we're all selling something. So anyone who says, I'm not in business, I don't sell anything. If you've got a partner or kids or parents and you've ever wanted what you wanted for dinner, trust me, you were selling at that moment. Yeah. And so how we go about it is usually hit or miss and like throwing spaghetti at a wall, except with our partners and with our kids, we kind of know how to get to them sometimes. Mm -hmm. And this whole question of, can we empathize with them first? Yeah. This concept of empathy being honest and in service and not manipulative and not fake. Those are the real issues in the world that I see with this is people are so afraid that they'll be judged or they'll judge themselves as manipulative that they're afraid to empathize. Yeah. So they put a wall up between themselves and authentically connecting with the people they are here to serve. It always puzzled me, <laughs> but I could observe it even in myself that I would do that, that I would keep that. Oh my God, I got trained in keeping professionalism. What a crock. It prevents you from helping the people that you want to help. It also prevents you from getting what you want. So Stephen, as we pull this apart just a little bit, the first step sounds like get people to live, talk to you so you can actually listen to what their problems are. Right. So, so here's the first challenge. We all have problems, right? Sometimes we don't want to admit to the problems, but we all have problems and challenges. And the question is, can you identify a common set of problems that your particular target market are going through? So here's what's interesting about me. I do tech and I do marketing and I do strategy, right? Mm -hmm. I don't lead with strategy. If I start talking about marketing strategy, I'm not attracting anybody. I don't even go and talk marketing because, quite frankly, nobody's really interested in what another marketing person has to say. What I do, so here's how I do it, and this is, this is very important because this is 
a core part of the, the world, according to Steve Erickson. So when somebody is having a challenge, I respond and I answer their questions. As you saw yourself and you referred to in the beginning, I always jump in and I answer questions. Why? Because it establishes trust. It establishes authority and credibility. And people are looking to me and saying, oh, Steve has answers and he has good answers. Even people who know what they're doing looks at my answers and go, oh, they're good answers. And then what I do is when the questions become too much, when people are going, oh, somebody's responding to me, I'm going to ask more, I'm going to ask more. What I say to them is, if you would like to have a discussion around this, book me in for 45 minutes and talk to me. It's a no obligation, no selling. And it's all a strategy session for you. Now, here's the important thing. In those 45 minutes, you do not sell. It is more important than anything else. You do not sell in those, I cannot say this how hard, uh, uh, strongly. You do not sell in those 45 minutes. And do you know why? Because virtually every strategy session you go to, when you go especially to the big gurus, what will happen is you come in and they get the sales book out and the objections book out. And they probe the pain, which is like really late on the line that you're going to go bankrupt, not being able to feed the family and be out on the street, but you need their service and their service will do the trick. And by the way, we can launch your product and we can get it out there and you can sell. Okay. There is no right. question about having a product, right? So here's the thing. When you do those 45 minutes, you deliver value. Mm -hmm. You tell them what they need to know. Well, because and this, is, this is absolutely key. Yeah. Most people go into these sessions afraid that they will give too much away and then no one will hire them. And that's a recipe for bankruptcy. At yeah. least I came really close to that edge because the strategies that were out there, free sessions that sell, the, um, the very scripted, you know, you walk them to the pain and Unfortunately, I bought into that. As a matter of fact, there's parts of my book that are based on that. And I'm like, oh, you know, the good news for me is most people don't make it past chapter five in my book because it, I, it's a workbook and they get tired of working it. So I'm safe. But if I, I wrote the next book because I needed for them to have another perspective once I understood this, Steve, what can you say to someone who's afraid of giving too much away, afraid of solving the problem in a free strategy session where you're not even making an offer? What can you say that's going to help them feel better? Well, so here is the thing about when you do this, you become a trusted advisor mm. and you're laying out the path for them. Now, bear this in mind, you don't tell them exactly the steps they need to take in other words, you don't tell them how to execute the steps. You tell them what the steps are. Mm -hmm. So I will tell them, you need to buy Active Campaign. You need to buy ThriveCard. You need to have an email sequence. That email sequence needs to be constructed so it will attract your client. You need to show them what the pain is, and you need to show them what the solution is and the journey and transformation that they can go through and come out at the other end. Mm -hmm. When I explain these concepts to them, they go, wow, there is so much to do here and, and I don't know enough to do any of this. And that, the way I lay it out for them, it makes it very clear. If you want to be successful with this kind of strategy, with this kind of plan, you'll be more successful more quickly. Mm 
but they know they can't do them do it themselves right and, and then and you know, the worst part about it steve is i can do it myself however if i'm spending my time doing it myself i'm not spending my time training advocates or writing the next book or reaching out with my mission you know, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a time balancing act as well. So for anyone though, who's got a product or a service to sell, let's make this a little bit more global because mm. it's certainly a sense, sensible, easy path when it comes to the tech, because we're all, I call it the tangled tech tango. You know, most entrepreneurs are dealing with some form of tangled tech right now. Mm. For someone who's got a, a service like a coaching service or um oh my goodness you know even a product-based service for them to have a conversation where they're answering the question you know how do i help you and someone gives them a problem it sounds like what you're saying tell them what to so do to solve their problem but not how to do it. Exactly. How to do it is where they need you to walk with them hand in hand. And so that's just a different way of looking. Why? I don't know if you've noticed this, Steve, but when I go to a networking event, what do people do? They introduce themselves and they start telling me their how. They tell me their process without telling me the benefit. Mm. You know, what's in it for me kind of thing. But They'll fire hose me with their process and their names of their processes and all of those things. What's the one skill? The one skill? The yeah, one true the one? skill? Hmm? The one true skill yeah. is listen to the people you have in front of you and show them that you care. There we go. If you just do that one thing, you will increase your sales. I guarantee you. The wonderful place about this is that it's really hard because you have to come into the conversation trusting yourself. Yeah. You have to trust yourself. You have to trust the fact that you've got a good business model, that you're smart enough to actually be able to deliver value. You have to trust yourself first. So you went on a really long journey to learn how to trust yourself to be successful. And yes. I know this is an amazing shift for you to come into the world of solopreneurs. Let me tell you, on behalf of all solopreneurs, I am really grateful that you're here. <laughs> you <know>? I appreciate that. <laughs> all right. So you laid out a lot of words and, and we'll um, have them in the show notes as far as there's a bunch of different kinds of tech out there and simple is best is what I've discovered. Yeah. So the simplest thing that people need in order to be in business today is they need a way to communicate online. Yeah. They need a way to automate an email sequence so that they don't have to handwrite every single thing. They need to be able to duplicate it and they need a way for people to be able to buy from them. So whether it's called a shopping cart or whether, you know, hey, in the beginning, it could be as simple as having a PayPal link 
that you can send to people with a PayPal invoice or one of those other virtuals. I mean, there's PayPal, there's Stripe, there's Square, there's, there's a bunch in the marketplace now. So those three simple pieces, when they're ready to scale, they need more. I, I, I oh, so yeah. understand that. But when they start with those three, just that simple thing, it could be, as, you can do this manually, people, with a spreadsheet. So you yeah. don't have to invest in and get involved in the tech tangle to get started, but you do want to know that it's there. You want yeah. to know that your business can start running a little bit on autopilot. Mm. What's the mental shift that an entrepreneur has to go through to come out of the overly complex um, scenario that is often what they're being handed by the gurus? I mean, I can go anytime, any day and find a free webinar that will complicate my business and, and under the um, desire that people have to help me grow my business, what they offer me is complication. Yes, true. I can go get complicated. What's the mind shift that I need to make it simple or keep it simple? First of all, the mindset of keeping it simple is, I think, the mindset itself to a great extent. So uh, if you remember, I mentioned that I also do strategy. I do strategy and marketing and, and technology. And the strategy is really all about how to lay it out in the simple terms that makes it executable, that allows you to execute it. Mm. Uh, one of the things I do is I teach systems and automation. That is not tech. That's very important to realize. Oh, whoa, 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 you just blew my brain. Okay, systems and automation is not tech? No. If it's not tech, what is it? It is systems and automation. So the tech part of it is how you use tech to automate it. But here's an automated system. When you get somebody who says they're interested in your service, mm -hmm. you tell a, a, a virtual assistant that some person is interested that can be your system. The VA then takes that email address and sends them a PDF and a letter, an email. And they report back to you that's done. That's a system, and from your perspective, it's automated. Oh, but it's right? human. It's human. Systems and automation has nothing to do as such with tech or human. It is just a system. And you can automate a system that every time this happens, you do things it's called standard operating procedures it's called checklists and templates and like we do this we do this we do this the, the companies that i worked with have long documents and documentations and checklists and everything to make sure that everything happens in the company and that's called systems now some of that we can automate not all of it all right. So what we can do is we can have a landing page with a lead magnet that automatically sends out an email through ActiveCampaign. But here's the, first, here's the important thing, right? The system and the automation comes before the technology. I, have, I can't count the number of times I have people coming to me and saying, I have bought ActiveCampaign. I have bought Infusionsoft. I have bought Entreport. Now what do I do with it? <laughs> I have so lived that. Yeah, um, I have so lived that. So yes, here's, so I'm going to break this down and put it into a step one. Step one is not by technology. That's what step one is not. Step yeah. one is what's the journey you want someone to go on with you? 
Yeah. What would that look like? You know, it's like back in the day, okay, and business cards and face-to-face -face networking, the shift from I have your business card, now what? <laughs> what do I do with it? To I, ha you, I have your business card, would you be interested in a PDF on this topic? Would you be interested? And, and you could make that kind of a free offer right then. So then when you got home, you knew, send this email to this person. Yeah. Now we're taking this onto this big global scale and going, okay, someone's gonna see you. They're gonna hear you on my podcast. Steve, their next step with you is going to be to go to your website. On your website, they can book a strategy session if they've got questions about this. You know. Now, if I had had this idea in my head before I invested in technology, my technology would have served me much better because I bought the technology and it was, and now what do I do with it? And I've never got the framework in place solidly with any consistency. And for me, that's been the biggest bottleneck in my business. So I so appreciate this concept because I'm going, you mean you don't buy the tech and then figure it out? Oh, all right. So step one is figure out the journey. Figure out the journey. Step Absolutely. Step two would be what? Step two is that when you have mapped out the journey, then you buy the tech to automate it so you don't have to do it. But you can literally start off before you have the automation part or rather the tech part of the automation. You can literally just do this manually because you're not going to be driving a lot of leads until you have the tech to support it. You know, that's an interesting thing, because if you started out and you just said, what am I really good at? And you wrote a, an article that you're on the topic that you're really good at, and you put a title on it and you meet someone and you're talking about your topic and, and they would like more information and you can go home, send them the article and then check back with them and say, you know, hey, did you read it? What did you think of it? And if they never opened it, you could change the title. You don't have to change the article. Try it again with somebody else. You, you could do these without investing a lot of time, talent, or treasure. And this will build trust in yourself that what you got people want. And I think from there, it's a lot easier to move into creating the journey. Because here's the deal. The elephant in the room for me was that I could hide behind my technology. I could be so busy figuring out the tech that I never got around to actually serving my clients or bringing in enough to actually make a difference in the world. So if you're afraid of the tech, that's great. Don't invest in it. That's my, what I'm taking away from this. You know, if you're not a tech person, great. Don't invest in the tech yet. Invest in proving the concept of what you want to bring into the world to yourself first by engaging with people. Don't be afraid to give away. Don't be afraid to help people. What a great message. Don't be afraid to help people. Steve, if we do nothing else but get that message into the world today, I think mm. we could change the world. Absolutely. I, <laughs> I cannot tell you how much strongly I believe in that, in, in helping each other. And because to me, my father didn't have the support. I've been in business as a solopreneur and I didn't have the support. Mm -hmm. And I see that if you have support, so my motto really is, you might be a solopreneur, but you're not alone. Ooh, great motto. 
Hmm. All right. You might be a solopreneur, but you're not alone. Yeah. You know, I kind of like the world according to Steve Erickson. <laughs> Thank you. <Jeff>. <laughs> <laughs> That's really, really cool. Okay, so, so now I'm going to put a subtitle on, on, the, on our, our talk today. So, all right, I'm going to pop over and just make sure I don't have any questions yet coming up. So the one thing that I haven't asked you, what's the one thing that I haven't asked you? What's the most attractive thing for a client? Because I know that's one of your strengths is helping people attract their clients. Mm. I'm going to break this into two steps. What's the first thing someone needs to know before they try to attract clients? And then what's the best way to attract clients? How's that? Okay. The number one step is that you have to understand the emotional journey that your client will be going on from before they are, when they're a prospect, what pain, what challenges, and what does it mean to them when they have those pains and challenges? And what will the end result be when you have given them your highest end coaching? What new state, what transformation, what journey, what new emotions will they have when they reach that new state? Because here's the thing, people do not buy a result. They buy the transformation that that result will give them. So that's the number one step. Okay, so that's some different language. I'm going to wrap my head around this a little bit. They don't buy the result. They buy the transformation that the result will give them. Can you right. give an example of that? Because that's okay. some pretty heady concepts. Yes, it is. And I, I, the best way I, I have of describing it is as follows. Right? Have you ever heard the concept of you don't buy a drill for buying the sake of buying a drill? You buy a drill because you want to make a hole. So what you get is... A hole, that's why you're buying a drill, right? Okay. Well, no. The reason you're buying a drill is that you want to make a hole, and that hole will change something for you. Ah. It might be that you're building a doll's house for your daughter, and you're going to be the, the hero of your daughter. It might just be that you're creating a shelf for yourself so you can tidy everything up so you feel better. So a drill is a tool to a transformation but you think you're buying it to buy a hole. Got it. Right? Okay. All right. So it is a shift in perspective. Um, <laughs> if we can wrap our heads around this, we can wrap our heads around anything today. Here we go. All right. So the transformation. Wow. I'm going, I'm stuck. I'm struggling. I see the, um, the outcome. All right. So I'm applying. I can give you a personal example if you like. Yeah. Give me a personal example because yeah. otherwise I'm so going to take this in down a rabbit hole. I know. Yeah. So for years I wanted to lose weight. All right. And I went on different diets and I was not able to, to stick to them. And I didn't have a significant pain around it. It was a desire. So a lot of people will talk to you saying, Hey, do you want to lose weight? Okay, so here's my way for losing weight. And I go, yeah, I want to lose weight. And I try that. And then I see chocolate. And then I see some ice cream. And I go, okay, that's it. Diet is over for today. I'll start again tomorrow. <laughs> right? And then one day I was diagnosed with diabetes too. My blood sugar levels were too high. Now I had a real pain. Now I had a real motivation. My whole perspective on diets changed. Now I didn't want it to lose weight because when you have a diet, you lose weight. Mm. 
you know. Now I wanted a complete change of everything. I wanted to lose weight and get the health benefits. The, the fact that I lost weight was just a tool on the way to healing myself for diabetes too. And then it took me a while and I found a keto diet. And within weeks of being on keto, my blood sugar normalized. I lost 50 pounds. And then six months later, I didn't have diabetes too anymore, according to the doctor. And that's the transformation I wanted. Okay, so there we go. It's about what transformation do they want? Yeah. And that's the question I don't think people know how to ask. Because if I was talking to someone and I asked them what transformation they wanted, they wouldn't even know what I was talking about. Yeah. So what other words can we use instead of transformation that's going to make this easier for people to wrap their heads around? Well, here's the thing. What I teach is that you actually got to do interviews with people. Okay. Right? You got to find people who are in your target market and you're going to identify how they talk about the challenge and what they want. And you can, I, I, it's like, I hate to say this, but if somebody breaks down in tears in front of you or somebody gets really emotional, really angry in front of you and you see that, you get the truth. Right? I'm not saying you should try to induce it, but if you do, you see what the truth is. Because somebody can sit in front of you and say, oh, no, I get upset by that, when actually they're seething with rage inside. Mm. Or I, get, I'm, I get tearful when they're actually going and crying hysterically for half an hour, because we don't tell you the truth when we are just doing a normal interview. When you see those emotions and they're on that journey, you understand the pain. Mm -hmm. Okay? When you understand the pain and the challenge they're having, you can talk to them about where do you want to be what do you want to be, uh, what stage do you want to reach? So when you talk to me about losing weight, yeah, I want to, I want to feel healthier and, and everything. The moment I was diagnosed with diabetes 2, I went home crestfallen to my wife and got, said, oh my God, I got diabetes 2. I never thought I'd be in this position. Oh my God, what am I going to do? How am I going to get over this? What's going to happen? I'm going to lose a leg. You know, I got tingling in my feet. Is that going to, I lost, I read about people losing the leg here with diabetes too. What, what am I doing? What should I be doing? Mm -hmm. You know, that's the pain I'm going through. Where do I want to be? Now you, when I'm feeling that pain, when I'm in that frame of mind, you can ask me, where do I want to get to? Oh, I want to get, I want to get to a place where I'm, I don't feel that tingling in my feet, in the nerve endings in my feet. I want to, I want to be able to eat an ice cream without worrying about having diabetes too. I want to be there for my kids when I'm 70 and 80 years old. I don't want to die before my time. Mm -hmm. You know, you're getting what people truly want. All right. And when you get that, what they want, you can construct a journey that will help them and bring them that. And you construct your language and your marketing and everything you do to bring them on that journey and that transformation. And that's what strategy is all about. Got it. Complicated and elegantly simple. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, it's so here's complicated the thing. because you have to get your head around the fact that you're going on a journey with every single client or every single potential client and that there's a sweet spot. And yeah. what you said was your ideal client. You, and I'm going to be blunt here, people, if you're starting out, you might, and even if you've been in business for a long time, but you're not making the money or having the impact that you want to have in the world, you might still be kissing toads. You, know, you might be kissing frogs, still trying to find your prince, the prince being the ideal client. It's okay if you're willing to walk away from the toads. So, you know, let's, let's get everyone back to this one place of you serve best 
when you stay clear on who you are the right person to work with, because yeah. we're not the right people for everybody. Yeah. I can give you an example on this. Yeah. There, there is somebody I'm working with who had a target market that a definition of a target market. And let me ex explain something. When you go and search for your ideal client and, and client avatar and these things, you'll find things that says Tracy, 35, working as a head of a department and is in charge of web developers and she needs to develop a website. That's not your target market. That's just a description of a particular individual. And you have so many different individuals who could be similarly described. No, your target market is the person who has a particular pain, a particular challenge, a particular problem that they need to overcome. And the solution they want is the same as a number of other people who have the same problem. So if you are targeting somebody who works as the head of the web development team, well, they might have a challenge with a website. This is the person who's tearing their hair out and is in, in danger of losing their job because they can't deliver the website on time. Now you can go and say, I want to work with people who can't deliver their website on time and they're struggling and they're drowning and they need help and I can go and rescue them and I can bring them to a state where their website is done, completed and working. Mm -hmm. That's what an ideal client is. It's describing an emotional state of where they are and the emotional state where they're going to be. That is what niching is really all about. And most people, in my opinion, get that completely and utterly wrong. And here's a real life example. The, yeah, give, give, thank you. Because yeah. I was like, that, would, that one took me right into the concept level and I was like, wait a minute, I got lost. Yeah, so here's a real life example. Okay. So a, a lady I'm working with, she was targeting people who do no longer have the husband and need to make some money. Okay. Right? So that includes divorced women and includes um, uh, widows mm -hmm. because they're people who lost a husband. Mm -hmm. right? But hang on, when you're looking at the challenges a divorcee goes through versus a widow, right? That's totally different. The widow is grief, maybe mm -hmm. feeling anger or being left behind so suddenly, the, the departure and the worry about the income no longer being there. Mm -hmm. A divorcee, probably being dragged through the divorce courts, can't get the money out of the husband, angry that he cheated on her. The emotions that she's going through are completely different, right? The anger, there's still anger and grief. So same emotion if you just label the emotion, but they have two very different causes. Yes. And yeah. the anger and the, the, the type of grief and the type of emotion they're going through is different. Mm -hmm. So the journey, the emotional journey they're on and the help and support they need is different. Okay. One needs a lot of nurturing and overcoming their grief. The other one might need literally help to come get through the, the divorce courts and trying to get half of the house and, and all of this. That's a very different position when you're trying to say, I'm going to help you make money afterwards. Got it. So the um, solution as far as being able to make money and being able to be self-supporting was the same for both of those groups, but the journey to get them there would look very different. Yes. And the languaging when you're attracting them is different. That's the important okay. thing, because one of them, you're literally saying to your widow, have you lost your husband, going through that grief, coming out of the fog, not knowing what to do next? I can help you. The other one is, are you struggling to, meet, to make ends meet because your husband is not, ex-husband is not paying the, uh, the child support he's supposed to be paying, and you're going through the divorce courts and have to give away a lot of your things? The messaging is so different. 
their way of thinking is so different. If you're just saying, have you lost your husband and trying to make money, you're not connecting with either of them on an emotional level. You're not showing that you understand what they're going through. Here's the thing I said, you need to be in their emotional state. You need to understand how they're thinking. You need to connect with them and saying, understand how, what you're going through. Yeah. You know, it's not easy to deal with a husband who's basically cheated on you, maybe for years, and you just found out in such a way, and now you're going through the divorce court. That's very different from saying, I'm so sorry for your loss and the grief you must be going through. But, you know, you need to, yeah. yeah. It, it, and, and that's a really good example of the fact that the problem on the surface is the same. You know, they have lost a significant part of their life and, and potentially a significant portion of their income. So they've got the same problem on the surface, but underneath it's a very, very different emotional experience. Yeah. And the same is true for working with any group. So what you're suggesting is that instead of looking at the demographics, at the labels, that people look at what's the common emotional state of my ideal client. Yeah. All right. Now I got a problem with this. All right. Being a networking junkie, one of the values of my identifying the fact that my ideal client could be labeled as a woman entrepreneur was that I knew where to find them. I no. knew where to find them in big groups. Now, if I shift that to the emotional state, how do I find them? Oh, well, here's the thing. It doesn't mean that you don't have your demographic. You know, you can still say, here's the thing, you can still say, I'm targeting women who are 45 plus, who have lost a husband through suddenly through a tragic accident or, or something like that. And they are currently in the state where they are wanting to get out of the financial situation. They're ready to move on okay. and they but haven't found a way yet. Now, where do you go and look for those people? There are plenty of support groups on the on Facebook and elsewhere. You go and find out that person. Here's the thing. You have one particular service that you are selling. Right? You are selling a service that deals with a particular type of clients. But you have the people who go, I lost my husband. Yay. And you have the, I lost my husband. Oh, my God, I am, I'm devastated. Mm -hmm. Two different emotional states. And one of them will be much more receptive to what you can help them with. Because the one who says, I lost my husband, yay, is probably the one who's going to go out. I can go out and do what I want, and I can go out and start earning my own money, and then this is going to be great, and you don't need to help her. But mm -hmm. the one who says, I'm devastated, I'm flawed, I don't know what to do next, but I'm ready to move on, that's the one who needs your help. Yeah, cool. All right, so that take it. Thank you for that great example, because we could have stayed with the tech, because Lord knows we could talk for days on that topic. Mm. But we have... There's so many different ways that we can help each other, especially during this time. So whatever it is that you do, if you're listening to the show today, whatever it is that you do, be bold about it. Be bold. Don't be afraid to help people. I think that's the greatest tagline ever. So cool. All right, let's wrap this up, put a nice neat bow on it. We'll put your website in the show notes. And so what is it, though, for people watching? It is the Midlife Solopreneur? Yeah, it's just simply midlifesolopreneur.com. Okay. So you do not need the the. Mid you can use it. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Midlifesolopreneur.com. Yeah. Midlifesolopreneur.com. And it was a lesson I had to learn because most of my websites start with the word the, T-H-E. Yeah. 
Um, and it's not always needed. So, <laughs> all right. So check out Steve's website. If you want to have a conversation with Steve, take advantage of the offer that he has there for you. And Steve, I am super, super excited because I know that we get to play together some more. You're coming on my summit. I'm going to be a guest on your summit. And we are going to help people pull together into a world where being helpful keeps people hopeful. And when we can keep them there, possibilities for miracles exist. And I just thank you. I appreciate you so much for being on the show today. Is there anything we missed that you want to add? Oh, I could go on for hours and hours and hours. I know. That's why I'm so excited that you're coming on the show. <laughs> yeah, me too. All right. So I think we're this gonna, is going enough. Yeah. So we'll stop here for today, knowing that Steve Erickson will be back. We'll have you back on the podcast. We'll have you back on the summits. And I just am super, super grateful that our worlds interacted and intersected. And you had so graciously said yes to coming on the show. Thank you. Absolutely, Jackie. And thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure having a chat with you.